What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iyer, and when I'm not doing this, I'm writing about fantasy football and the NFL at large for SportingNews.com. So come over to that site, check out all the great content we have to get you ready for the reality and fantasy season, breaking down teams, players, all that good stuff, including our top 200 rankings overall for players. We broke that down in yesterday's show, and we're going to dive into the mock draft strategies specifically from each spot next week. But this week we still have some preseason things to be settled here, and that's what we're going to do is look at preseason week three. We had a couple games on Thursday night. We're going to try to set up also things that to look for on Saturday and Sunday, some homework to do until we can talk to you again and give you some more concrete things to look for in your draft. So, Let's get started here. Our first game on primetime on NBC in Orlando was the Atlanta Falcons and Miami Dolphins, and two teams that have a lot of things we like offensively, but there's a little kinks in the armor on both of these teams that you're trying to figure out how they're going to produce as well as we'd like them to in fantasy. They have some question marks a little bit about Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill, but Really the theme that it's going to start with this game is looking at the backfield and what we're trying to determine from the situations and how the pecking order and depth chart is portrayed in these games uh, that's going to be kind of a simulation of the regular season. With Atlanta, I think we pretty much have a clear indication here. In this game, Devontae Freeman and Devin Coleman, it was about a 60-40 touch split even though they got the equal snaps here in this game. Freeman was a little bit more effective. Coleman looked pretty bad. He had a reception that went minus five yards in this game. So Coleman, he's got that home run threat. He can take any little short pass or run the distance, but he's also trying to find his ground a little bit after an injury real little rookie season. Freeman is the reliable guy in the early downs in the red zone. He's not going to be completely void of value in the passing game either. So we mentioned him when breaking down the rankings. It's hard to know exactly how much Freeman will get, but right now there's a good separation there in the reliability of the Falcons and what they want from that position. I think Coleman's going to be that change of pace, home run guy from time to time, and they'll find different ways to get him on the field, maybe sometimes with Freeman. But Freeman is going to be the consistent guy that they can count on and when they're in scoring position, a team that really struggles in the red zone, to throw in the red zone, especially with Matt Ryan, seemingly has trouble finding anyone other than Julio Jones in that range. And we know Julio's not a big scorer from the past. So 
I still think you can't fade Freeman too much here. Coleman's going to be involved, but I think they need Coleman to be involved because you look behind Jones, there's Mohamed Sanu, there's Justin Hardy, Austin Hooper, Jacob Tammy. Not too many specifically exciting weapons there for Matt Ryan that are going to game break a little bit, and Coleman has that ability. So that's where he's going to come in and maybe cut into – some of the production of those guys, but I think Freeman will still be a solid guy for you if you take him as your RB1. We had Julio Jones have a minor injury in this game. He had to come out because once a guy does anything in the preseason, that third game, even if he could come back in the game, he's not going to return. And So Jones is going to be fine for week one. Don't worry about him. He's still in that conversation of the top three overall and top three as your wide receiver one with Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham Jr. On the other side, you have the Dolphins. Ryan Tannehill kind of also had similar struggles to Matt Ryan, had an interception this game, was doing a lot of dinking and dunking as usual, had a nice run there, 22-yard burst early in the game to help the Dolphins. But again, the focus is on the backfield and Really, there were four backs who kind of played with the first team. Jay Ajayi got his first man up. Then you had Aaron Foster. You had Damon Williams. And you had Isaiah Pede, who's kind of been the surprise of camp a little bit, of the former Rams draft pick. He has some value on third downs. And Williams is kind of the well-rounded backup who does a lot of little things well, nothing exceptional. But it's really Ajayi and Foster in terms of fantasy here. Ajayi was rotated in pretty consistently. Foster came in after him. But you look at this, Foster was looked like some of the old things he did. And nice touchdown run, making guy miss. Just patience, that gliding look that we saw in Houston in his best years. But he did just turn 30 this week. He still has a little bit more juice and hunger. It's kind of good that he wasn't on the team for most of this off season so he could get settled in here I still kind of see a committee approach uh, they didn't really have too much separation here Foster did look a little slow Ajayi looked still like an inexperienced second year back trying to find his way as a runner and receiver so it's a very cloudy situation I think you have to look at Foster as the RB2 there's just not much to inspire here he's just a guy that you can probably get away with playing in the right matchups early in the season, but as it progresses and maybe the foster wear issue comes along, then I'm not sure how much you can trust him. I think I'd rather go cheaper and get the later pick on Ajayi here and see what happens. I think Ajayi is just too much of a plus talent to be completely ignored here. They really liked him early in the offseason. Just a few things he did that disappointed them that prompted the foster pickup, but I could see a situation where Ajayi plays much of the early downs. Foster spells him there and gets involved as a receiver. So Foster is definitely the more appealing guy in a PPR at this point. Neither is that great just because of the presence potentially of Williams and Pede in a full-blown four-man committee. Our next game was the marquee event. It's strange that this was the game not totally televised on national TV. It had a partial viewage on the NFL Network, but we had Ezekiel Elliott finally making his much-anticipated debut for the Cowboys. He played a couple series, seven carries, 48 yards. He got some attention for being a tourist at a marijuana shop, a legal place in Seattle, but 
really the focus should be on what he did on the field and not just his curiosity off the field. There is some other concerns there that are a little bit more pressing. But for fantasy purposes, we wanted to see Elliott live up to that hype in terms of using that great offensive line, following the blocks, running smart, doing some things in pass protection that keeps a rookie on the field. And all that came to fruition in this game. He looked smooth. It was a very tough Seahawks run defense from last year. They were ranked number one. Cam Chancellor was in there. He got to the second level against his team, especially on that second drive, some consistent chunk runs, 9, 8, 13 yards there. So Elliott's the real deal. This is why they drafted him number four overall. They knew he was going to be a perfect fit behind that offensive line. He was going to follow his blocks well run with attitude, toughness, get all that extra yards after contact. And that's what we saw from Elliott. And it it had to be very pleasing. And I, I think the other thing you look at at this game is who might be the guy after him to trust. I think it could be more of a committee approach here. Lance Dunbar is still not in action. Darren McFadden has been on the shelf for a while after a silly non-football injury incident. So with those two guys – kind of not available you've seen Alfred Morris be pretty solid as a early non-backup Darius Jackson has come in and done some good things here as a guy that looks a little like McFadden when he runs so they're gonna have to make a decision here are they gonna carry all four backs I think Dunbar and McFadden might be a decision of who's gonna be a little bit more versatile and a little bit more healthy when the season starts so I think that might lean to Dunbar because McFadden you have guys that can handle spelling Elliott early while Dunbar is that pure receiving back that maybe you can plug in there if something were to happen to Elliott that you can still get good production on third downs. That's Dunbar's best role from the past. So they have a decision to make there. I don't know if the handcuff situation is totally clear until we know what they're going to do with McFadden and whenever he comes back. So for now, I think the cheap insurance is on Morris, and that's how you have to go. We saw Tony Romo have a scare or give his team a scare with the slide and scramble after being sacked by Cliff Averill, grabbed his back, had to get up gingerly, took some time to get up. So there was definitely some concern there, but here's Tony Romo again gritting it out. He wanted to be back in the game, and he probably wants to badly because Dak Prescott is trying to take his job away, not right now, but uh, – very soon, the way he's lit it up in the preseason. Prescott just took off and ran as soon as Romo left the game again. And third straight outstanding outing from Prescott, the rookie from Mississippi State. So I think he slowly goes on the keeper league radar. And if something happens to Romo, there's definitely some great, great upside in fantasy there. So Prescott, he's done everything you want. And I, I think in some ways – He'll be a very hot pickup if something were to happen to Romo more long-term here. So that's what we learned from the Cowboys in this game. On the other side, we learned that Russell Wilson is on fire. He's still rolling from the second half of last season. Paul Richardson might be a factor there in the passing game. Had a touchdown. Yet Tyler Lockett, the chemistry between him and Wilson is locked and loaded here. They're set to go. Doug Baldwin and Jermaine Curse. I don't know if they're going to be as targeted in key situations as Lockett. Now Lockett is just too special of a talent that can create mismatches with the speed and agility all over the field. So 
I still love Lockett as being Wilson's kind of top receiver. Baldwin might have still the more scores here, but I think Lockett in PPR and yardage-wise has the biggest year for the Seahawks. And, and keeping up the backfield theme, there's no Thomas Rawls again. He's still nursing that ankle injury. They're being very careful with him. They just want to see him out in week one. In the meantime, they're looking at Christine Michael and C.J. Procise. And Procise had the hamstring, the rookie from Notre Dame. They didn't know if he was going to play in this game. Then he comes out there, and he kind of looks the part of what they wanted as a third down back. He got immediate work with the first team here. Christine Michael, seven carries, 58 yards. He kept up his strong preseason and camp so far just looks different he just has that power and explosiveness there Procise had a little juice that's what they wanted some guy who can get in the open field he had a nice 11 yard run in this game and so what's what's happening here is that Michael is probably going to cut into Rawls Procise is going to cut into Rawls and Michael on the third downs and Alex Collins there was a lot of hype about this rookie coming in could he be as productive as he was in college and kind of eat into this backfield a little bit if Rawls wasn't on the mend as quickly as they wanted. Well, it's looking like the answer is more no. It's getting a little bit crowded here. It's good that we kind of can figure out a pecking order in Seattle with Rawls, Michael kind of forming that early committee, Procise getting his chances to create mismatches and really boost the passing game with some big plays. So it's going to be hard to consistently trust Rawls as an RB1. I think you st- or you have to look at him more as an RB2, and I think it's a lower end of that at this point because you have the health and you have a couple guys who are going to steal key touches from him. So that's what you have to keep in mind with this backfield. At least we know that it's not going to have everyone involved with Alex Collins or Zach Brooks. These guys are more on the roster bubble. So it's going to be a three-headed attack. Procise is someone to watch, especially in PPR, but Rawls and Michael are worth drafting, and Michael at this point looks like a better value much later than Rawls and drafts. Keeping up the backfield theme, we'll just kind of break down things you should watch this weekend and kind of uh, take some notes on as your kind of homework for Locked On Fantasy. We don't mean that you're going to study hard and uh, take away most of your weekend. You're going to just watch these games leisurely on the couch on Game Rewind and just uh, do a little bit more advanced scouting before the big draft week next week. A lot of leagues will be taking care of business with the fourth preseason game coming and not much to alter the fates of some of these players. So I think with New England, Friday night against Carolina, I would look for James White, see how much they get him involved and see if he can be that big factor with Deion Lewis out and uh, keep bumping up in PPR. With uh, another game on Friday, you look at Cleveland and Tampa Bay. You're going to just maybe look at these backfields a little bit more. We haven't kind of touched on them too much, but I think you're having a clear situation in both cases with Doug Martin and Charles Sims and Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson. So we want to see how that kind of shapes out on that team uh, in terms of backfield value. Chicago, Jeremy Lankford is back to practice for Saturday night, potentially playing there. We want to see him do one more good game so we feel better about him as maybe being more than a committee guy there. I think he has a nice opportunity. just hard to trust with the durability and a bunch of guys behind him. 
we'll see if there's any clarity with the Lions or Ravens. Also on Saturday night, we have Amir Abdullah seeming to be the early down guy of choice in in more big back red zone type situations. Going to be Zach Zenner with Stephen Ridley out of their cut already, and we have Theo Riddick in that passing game role. So there's some clearly defined roles there. Baltimore, we're going to see if they're really going to unleash this four-man committee that we've been talking about a lot with Justin Forsett, Terrence West, Buck Allen, and Kenneth Dixon. So same thing with the Eagles and Colts. We, we need to figure out who's going to be in this situation uh, behind Frank Gore. I think it's going to be Robert Turbin as the top backup with the Eagles. We'll have to see if it's uh, Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles clearly defined or if Wendell Smallwood's going to do something. So also on – Saturday night, you have the Titans and Raiders. We want to see how that DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry thing kind of gets settled. And on the other side, Latavius Murray and DeAndre Washington see if there's just a clear indication there of how you want to approach those backfields. So when you get to the last few games on Sunday, there's not much question there. I think Melvin Gordon, I would watch carefully in this. I think he is a very strong bounce-back candidate in the Chargers offense. I liked what I've seen from him so far. On the other side, you're not going to see Adrian Peterson, so you're going to look more at what Jarek McKinnon can do and if he's going to be involved as much as a receiver as they say. With Arizona and Houston, you're going to sit back and just hope that David Johnson and Lamar Miller are fine and look good and nothing happens to them, and that's that's the key there. Cincinnati and Jacksonville is a good game to end on just to uh, analyze a couple more committees, see if you can read anything into Chris Ivory and TJ Yeldon. I think that's clear, more early down, third down kind of split. Same thing kind of with Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. So it's good to just see how these guys kind of look because that's part of it is the talent. And it's not just the situation with running backs. You want to see how they're looking in terms of how well they can produce. So, I would really ask you to watch these games. This is the most your information you're going to get about uh, your players that you're potentially picking in your drafts this week. This is the last chance. There's n- not a lot of guys that mean much are going to play here in week four of the preseason. So that's what you should do to get ready. And on Monday, we'll start looking at mock draft strategies specifically or real draft at this point it's gonna the lights are gonna come on for a lot of people in this coming week and all the way through labor day right before the start of the season so we'll get you into that mode for now thanks for listening and please subscribe on audio boom or itunes and really check out all the shows on the lockdown network i can't say enough how much i love being part of this network we are up to 25 nfl teams our new additions with the jets and we just have a show for the Jaguars with Ryan O'Halloran, good rider down there. So very happy that our team is kind of coming together. We'll continue to keep your team coming together well, and uh, we'll see you next time on Locked On Fantasy Football. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.